Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Thursday, the 26th of January in London, coming up this hour. Back in the driving seat, Musk says Tesla could deliver 1.8 million cars this year. A crisis of confidence, UK business sentiment drops to its lowest level in more than a decade. When the chips are down, Bloomberg learns Britain's semiconductor industry will get a cash boost from taxpayers. Morgan Stanley's unwelcome notification, UK techless abroad, and Elon Musk wants an equity raise. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers. I'm James Wilcock. Plus, try turning it off and on again. Mayhem at the NYSE Open traced to leaving a backup system running. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Just to bring you some breaking corporate news from the German software giant SAP. It's announcing that it's to explore a sale of its stake in Qualtrics and to conduct restructuring this year, affecting 2.5% of its staff. This, as the company is seeing, it's 2023 non-IFRS operating profit um, coming in above the previous estimates, 8.8 to 9.1 billion euros. That's above the estimate, which was 8.6. 5 billion for 2023. Okay, another breaking news line this morning from SEB. The bank fourth quarter net interest income at 9.72 billion Swedish krona is a beat on the estimated 9.53 billion. Uh, we're getting quite a number of earnings uh, this morning, uh, including from others. So we'll have Volvo, LVMH, and more out of Europe today. Let's get to our top stories this morning. Shares in Tesla have risen in after-hours trading as the electric car giant beat expectations on profit and sales. Tesla now says it's on track to deliver 1.8 million vehicles this year. CEO Elon Musk says the 37% rise is a conservative projection. If it's a smooth year, actually, you know, without big supply chain interruption or massive problem, we actually have the potential to do 2 million cars this year. We're not committing to that, but I'm just saying that's the potential. Speaking to investors, Musk added that 2022 was a difficult year due to shutdowns at Tesla's China factory, higher borrowing costs and logistical issues. Now, business confidence in Britain has sunk to its lowest level since the global financial crisis, according to a survey of accountants. With more, here's Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. 
It's the lowest reading since 2009. The survey by the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales says that business sentiment fell to a reading of minus 23 last month, a big drop from minus 17 in November. The group found that the construction firms were the most downbeat when it came to their economic prospects, and companies in the retail, property and manufacturing sectors all reported problems accessing capital. These findings are echoed by a separate survey from the Federation of Small Businesses, which found that morale was plummeting amongst smaller firms. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Bloomberg understands the UK government will provide direct taxpayer funding to support British semiconductor companies. An overall figure for the investment hasn't been agreed with the Treasury, but is expected to be at least a billion pounds. Speaking to us here on Bloomberg Radio, David Lamy, the Shadow Foreign Secretary, says the UK must partner with the European Union to secure its supply of semiconductors. It's not the case that the UK can do this on its own. It can't do this on its own. But if we are seeing major allies in a protectionist posture, uh, if we are seeing a world that's more multipolar and potentially more dangerous, then it is important for all companies to diversify David Lamy's comments come as continued global chip shortages contributed to one to the worst year since 1956 for car production in the UK. Now, let's turn our attention to the United States because it's joining Germany in sending main battle tanks to help Ukraine repel Russian forces. America is sending 31 of its M1 Abrams tanks, while Germany will supply 14 Leopard 2 tanks. Announcing the move, President Joe Biden said that Putin has made a major miscalculation about the West. I've been saying this for a long time. The expectation on the part of Russia is we're going to break up. We're not going to stay united. But we are fully, thoroughly, totally united. President Biden added that the delivery of the vehicles will take time. It's understood that the first batch of Leopard tanks from Germany could arrive within three months. Meta says it will reinstate former President Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts. With the details, here's Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. This ends two years of being banned. Meta says from the beginning it was for an undetermined amount of time and that the public should be able to hear what their politicians are saying, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so they can make informed choices at the ballot box. At the same time now, Meta says it has changed oversight rules that can cause another suspension of violated with more severe penalties. Meta says it will restore the accounts in the coming weeks. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Now, the New York Stock Exchange has blamed manual error for the world price swings and trading halts on Tuesday's market open. Bloomberg understands that an employee failed to properly shut down the company's disaster recovery system before the open, causing the problems. More than 1,300 trades and some 84 stocks were affected. Those are our top stories this morning. I mean, it's obviously had a huge consequence, but it is one of those things that you just kind of think, like, it's so easy not to, you know... Not to power down and power back up again at the right point. I think IT professionals like to call it a power cycle, switch Uh, it off and switch it back on again. Okay, you've got all the lingo. (laughs) Uh, Yes, look, it took them hours, though, to find it, and it was this one protocol in there 
this data centre quite a long way from the NYSE. So this is, yeah, um, <laughs> a glitch in the system. Pretty serious, Even though. with the best technology, human error is still an issue you have to watch out for. Let's just bring you up today with a couple of other corporate headlines we've gotten this morning. Plenty of companies reporting. Uh, ST Microelectronics seeing their first quarter net revenue. A uh, big beat for them. Uh, $4.2 billion. The estimate had been for uh, $3.81 billion. That's the, the forecast for the first quarter net revenue from uh, ST Micro. They're also expecting their net revenues for the full year of 2023 to be between $16.8 billion and $17.8 billion. Yeah, there's also, uh, on a slightly lighter note, perhaps this will help me a few weeks ago. Do you remember when I told you that I had to do um, a driver a, a driver test again? Well, there's now an app Speed for all Demon that. Speed Demon yeah. yeah. For car admin, Lloyds Banking Group has put four million pounds into Cora, which apparently is an app focused on inner cities. So it's an all-in-one place where drivers can kind of manage their insurance, their MOT, all of the charges that you get in London. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, it seems like the sort of thing that could actually relieve quite a lot of the admin around uh, owning a car. Um, interesting to see. It's already backed by Jaguar Land Rover's Venture Arm as well. So that's interesting to see Lloyds joining in on that one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Coming up next, though, more banker WhatsApp fines. UK tech moves to America and he'll swap you 140 characters for $3 billion. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Jane Wolfcock joins us now with a look at today's papers. Lots of front pages focusing on the decision to send tanks to Ukraine. The Eye, for example, the headline there, Allies send tanks to hold back Putin as Ukraine war escalates. But James, you've been looking at some of the other stories uh, in the papers today. The Times talking about a fresh blow to the UK's tech ambitions. Yes, Stephen. So it's all about how essential the FTSE 250 Information Events Group, they are looking at listing in the US. This is a big problem for the UK government. In last year's autumn statement, Jeremy Hunt outlined ambitions to transform the UK into the next Silicon Valley. And it's been a wider problem for keeping tech in the UK broadly. I mean, there's these big discussions around ARM right now, the chip company. We've just been talking about sort of the chip story this morning and how the UK wants to subsidise it. Investors, governments, regulators and the public all expect a domestic company to normally list in its sort of, uh, like, home country. But tech is that exception. You know, where it moves to the US, where it has like big capital, it often seeks to kind of go to that sort of pool because it doesn't have to be as localised. But for the UK's ambitions to make itself a global tech superpower, it really wants to keep these kind of emerging giants that it's trying to home grow staying in the UK. And so although there are big discussions of ARM, that'll be one to watch in the future, essentially is already paving the way by moving well, away to the US. I'll pick you up on that though, because big discussions, I mean, that's the question. Are there really big discussions? The government has said that they really want the SoftBank-owned ARM, which is based in Cambridge, to list in the UK. 
But the problem is we haven't heard from the other side. We don't know whether that's really a possibility uh, for, you know, from SoftBank's perspective. So, yes, that's, I think that's the issue. The government would like big conversations. Uh, look, m- moving on from that, though, um, this issue that the Wall Street Journal picks up on, Elon Musk is exploring raising up to $3 billion to pay off Twitter debts. Yes, as if there wasn't enough sort of complexity around this kind of Twitter story already. They are reporting, and it's worth saying that it hasn't been confirmed, this is according to people familiar, that Elon is discussing selling up to $3 billion in new Twitter shares. And that would be to kind of as a way of refinancing some of the debt that Twitter and by extension him have taken on. Now, the original th- price these shares were taken private at was $54.20 per share. Apparently, he wanted that original valuation, but he's facing quite an uphill valuation from sort of uphill battles, so he's trying to keep it there from sort of investors. Now, I know a lot of listeners are quite sceptical of why are we talking about Elon Musk? Why are we talking about Twitter yet again? But this is fascinating because a lot of major US banks' firepower to back other deals is tied up in this debt story. Morgan Stanley, the lead bank, have $800 million tied up, and then Bank of America, Barclays, and MUFG all have about $600 million. So this monster of a deal is actually tied up a lot of other capital that could otherwise be used to finance other things. Okay, so that's in the Wall Street Journal. Morgan Stanley next. This is in the Financial Times. Morgan Stanley hits bankers with $1 million in penalties for messaging breaches. Now, I mean, this has long been a story, even before the pandemic, but the working from home explosion really made it a problem for regulators about how we track what bankers and traders are doing off sort of official designated platforms and on sort of personal messaging apps. Two years ago, regulators made that problem a bank problem with almost a billion dollars in fees. Now banks are making it your problem. Uh, Ranging it from sort of a few thousand dollars to more than a million dollars per individual, Morgan Stanley is putting out penalties to your bonus packets and your future pay packets if you break their rules. And that depends on, say, the number of messages you've sent, your seniority as a banker, and Mm. whether you had kind of prior warnings on it. Now, they're not saying stop using WhatsApp completely. They're running training sessions of like when, say, a harmless conversation may move into, say, let's set up a meeting. And that's kind of the point where they would say you should bring this back onto official channels. Otherwise, you risk being sort of caught liable and then being fined by the bank. OK, so, the, yeah, it's not, just so, it's not just the social media rules maybe that banks have, but yet they're fines. It's not sort of firing people. So I think that's also uh, an interesting, it's kind of not breaches, but it's actually fining people for for not doing the right thing, maybe, um, through these messaging apps. Yeah, very interesting FT story. Thank you so much, James Walcott, for taking us through the newspapers this morning. Well, let's turn to one of the key data points we're watching out for later. It'll be the fourth quarter GDP figures from the US. Bloomberg Economics expects to see growth of 2.8% at an annualised rate, a figure boosted by consumer spending on services. Uh, For more, let's bring in our executive editor for Asia Markets, Paul Dobson. Paul, great to have you with us. What are the key things that we are watching out for uh, in today's data? The survey estimate at 2.6% growth. Bloomberg Economics says 2.8%. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at a bit of a slowdown uh, from the last uh, quarter, but at the same time, fairly robust headline figure, at, at least, you know, and, and I guess, you know, the, 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 the way that the market is reacting to the data at the moment, the better it is, the worse news for markets in a way. That's still tied to this idea that, you know, if the data can remain robust, then the Federal Reserve will need to continue to tighten and then hold interest rates higher in order to, in order to cause more uh, 
uh, of a, of a, of a, you know, sort of uh, bring down the inflation pressures in the economy and get things back on an even keel there as well. So, so in terms of the the, the headline, at least. Uh, it's it's all about where we price relative to expectations and then you know the market will run with it from there yeah. Um, so there's a big US data dump today. GDP is obviously backward looking, but we also get jobless claims later. What should we expect there? Yeah, well, and this is part of that whole uh, conundrum for investors right now when they're looking at the economic data and they're sort of throwing things forwards a little bit. You know, as, as you were saying, we've got a very strong and robust consumer and a very strong, robust labour market, but the companies themselves are feeling that they're under pressure. And if you look at the survey data, it's weak and pointing to a big slowdown as well. So uh, people will be looking at the labour data, the claims are uh, pretty carefully. We've seen a little bit um, or, of, a, of a relaxation re- recently, you know, kind of like a bit of a more uh, buoyant picture in the job space. So uh, today's forecast uh, is for is for an increase in claims, so a little bit more pressure coming back in there, and that will play into that sort of uh, dynamic that, that people are trying to uh, get their heads around when they're thinking about how fast the economy is slowing and how far it's likely to slow. Um, Okay, Paul, in terms of the Bank of Canada's decision yesterday and the market reaction, the bank says it's it's hiked rates now, it's going to hold. What should we take away from that and the potential influence that might have on the Fed? Yeah, so I think the thing that's really important and significant uh, to hear the first of the central banks kind of like being uh, pretty emphatic in the fact that they want to uh, stop now and take a rain check, see how things are going. You know, I think for the for the Fed, we're definitely pricing for a 25 basis point hike um, in, in the coming week. And then maybe one more after that before we slow, but that's not fully in the price now. So people are starting to look forward to that moment when the Fed stops hiking hiking as well. The fact that the Bank of Canada is confident enough in the slowdown in inflation to make that uh, statement today um, will certainly have read across for the US markets as well. Paul, thank you so much for being with us. That is our executive editor for Asia Markets, Paul Dobson, looking ahead to the US GDP. Let's get you an update then on our top stories and world news. Here's Bloomberg's James Walcott. Good morning. Good morning. China says the number of COVID-related deaths and severe cases at hospitals has declined by more than 70% from peak levels in early January. As of Monday, official daily fatalities at hospitals slid to 896, down from a high on January 4th of more than 4,000. The true number may be hundreds of thousands higher than the official figure, which only counts deaths in hospitals. And global smartphone shipments have suffered their worst quarterly drop on record in the final three months of last year. Shipments declined by 18.3% in the December quarter in a clear sign of cooling consumer demand. The news signals there's more pain to come for manufacturing hubs like South Korea and Vietnam. In the US, there is growing support from politicians to completely ban TikTok in the country. Republican Senator Josh Hawley has introduced legislation to prohibit the Chinese-owned company from all devices nationwide. The concern from lawmakers is that TikTok and its parent ByteDance could share information on US users with Chinese authorities. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. 
our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.